When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV. My name is Kyle, joined by Kathleen and Luke to discuss episode 8 of House of the Dragon, titled Lord of the Tides. So, ton of hype going into this episode. Uh, I actually got a kick out of I saw a tweet that was like, oh my god, like this episode's rated 10 out of 10 on IMDb with like 160 votes before the episode even aired. I was like, you can't put any stock into that. But I thought that it generally lived up to the hype. I don't think it was it lived up to the hype in the way that I was anticipating. You know, it wasn't like scenes that I thought were going to happen, but nonetheless, and speaking mostly about Aemond in that sense, uh, fantastic episode. It was a little bit of a, of a warm-up succession battle. It was kind of a little low-stakes succession battle before we get to the main event, and uh, I was more than satisfied. Paddy Considine, I think his name. I, I don't know that we figured out the pronunciation of the last <laughs> name, but... Snaps, baby. What mm-hmm. a journey. Absolutely just deteriorating for eight episodes straight. Yeah. And he nailed it. And this episode was just like absolutely chef's kiss. Cherry on top. R.I.P. the boy. I will miss Viserys. He is uh, quite, was quite the king. I got a lot to say about his reign. Mm-hmm. But also just in general, this episode really made me think about what I thought Damon was going to be and how different he is. I really thought he was just going to be the big bad. I was like, oh, he it's mm-hmm. going to be Rhaenyra versus Damon. And now the way it is, I'm so shocked from where I thought from episode one and two we were going. And I just love it. I thought this episode was awesome. Some really like corny moments, which I loved. I texted the boys that last night. No one answered me. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it was late. Let's talk about it. On the mic, but yeah, great episode. What about you, Luke? Going right into King Viserys, like Patty Constantine is a blessing to the Game of Thrones universe. Uh, he is one of the best characters to ever walk through it. I was a little indifferent about him in the beginning because I thought his weakness was going to play out in a way different way. But how it kind of turned into him being like slightly the mediator between Team Black and Team Green. He was always like riding for his family. All of that was really good. And he was just like his relationships, ups and downs with Damon was like really satisfying to see and how that ended up them being in a good spot made me feel. He was so good in this show. And I am happy that like we're we're starting to move forward. I'm ready for Rhaenyra to take the throne and we're finally getting to that point. But just fantastic episode. I kind of agree with you guys that I don't, want to say it was the best episode it might i still think episode seven might have it for me but amen oh my god he is just my new man crush i loved him as baby monk in the last kingdom and he does so much with his body language so much with just his mere presence he is the exact same as damon where just them being in a scene makes it better and i'm just so excited for how he gears up because it seems to me like he is going to be like a one verse one Damon at some point. And I just imagine like in my head, how epic it's going to be having Vagar being ridden by Aemon versus he's Cyrax. 
right? Caraxes. Caraxes. Sorry, Cyrax is, is Rhaenyra's. But that's just going to be so freaking epic. And just like their preview of it with the stare down at the end of the episode was just amazing for me. So it's going to be really fun to talk about because now we finally have our final form of the actors that we're going to have for most likely three seasons. All right, so we can now dive into the actual episode itself, going to our scene-by-scene method that we usually use for all of these episodes. Opening scene, we have Rhaenys, the queen who never was, sitting on the Driftwood throne. I guess that's the the throne she had to settle for in her life. And we're talking about Corlys. Our boy Corlys has actually been stabbed in the neck in the Stepstones, and he's pretty sick. So there kind of now becomes this question, which is the question of the entire episode of who is going to be the next Lord of the Tides if Corliss actually ends up passing away. Hope he doesn't fucking die. That's our boy. An off-screen death can't be true. It's just for the drama. Totally. If they off-screened him by the end of this episode, I would have been absolutely pissed. And for the life of me, I cannot cement it in my head, the difference between who has the dragon of Bela Arena. And who is with who? So Bela has the dragon and Bela is the ward? Yes. Bela is Rainy's ward. So she lives and stays with Rainy's. And then Raina is Rhaenyra's. Essentially, it seems like she is Rhaenyra's like cupbearer. She's just kind of like Which the right hand. Yeah. Because she stays with Damon, her father, just in Dragon Mount, in Dragon Yeah. Stone. I think she's Rhaenyra's cup. Like she's like the royal cupbearer to Rhaenyra. Cool. So we get. Sneaky Veyman. So he was being a little shysty last episode with the uh, the eulogy. I really almost fumbled all over that word uh, with <laughs> Lena's funeral. And he throws in that little pot shot at Rhaenyra, which Damon chuckles to. And here he goes full out, not even just he says it straight out. Granted, he's only talking to Rhaenys that obviously Rhaenyra's kids are strongs. They are not Valerian. So Luke should not be the one to inherit Vaymond, in his mind, is the last true-blooded Valerian, so it should be his. And Rhaenys kind of immediately shuts him down there. My heart dropped when you said Luke. It's like, oh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you were cueing me up or something. <laughs> you know, at first, I'm like, enough with the true-born, like, there's a fuck. But later, and multiple times when they do it, when they lay it out, being like, if we have to go to war, you really want this little baby kid? leading our fucking fleets like what the hell you know they're not wrong right (laughs) and for that reason i think all this is kind of worth vayman being pissed about it and it is his family Mm. and they did survive the doom in a thousand years or whatever the fuck (laughs) so uh, so i do know but but a lot of me like when it comes to like allison and otto they're really just being like we want to make sure that they everyone knows that Luke and Jace is illegitimate. So there's always some like sketchy motive behind it. But if it really truly was just for that motive, I'd be like, you know what? Not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Vayman totally has a point. The family, the whole bloodline survived the doom of Lear. They're one of two families to survive that. And they're going to be done in with this. And he's obviously not going to take that. And he meets an interesting end, which we'll obviously we'll talk about because it was one of the craziest moments of the but, entire season. So this is exactly how I expected Corliss to respond to all of this before yeah. we got the confirmation that he was actually all in on having Luke be the Lord of the Tides. So yeah. like, it's just weird that it came from his brother, but it does make sense. Like, I'm not going to say he's wrong. It's not like petty, like you're, you guys are pointing out. Also, just to point out, Rainey's so good. She is A+. plus. I just love that it's been like, 16 to 20 years since the first time we meet Rain Rainice, maybe even more. She hasn't aged a bit. She's a dime. Got younger. 
She's fucking gorgeous. Love that bitch. She would have been a great queen. Yeah. She would have been a great queen. Yeah, she she sits well on that chair, I guess you could say. Yeah. All right. So we now move from Driftmark. We now move to Dragonstone. So we get Damon harvesting some dragon eggs. Interesting that they're they're showing us this level of detail. It's kind of cool. And Damon is then informed of Vaman's newfound confidence in himself and his claim to Driftmark by a, a letter that he gets from Bela. Yeah, I think you might have already brought it up about the three eggs that people think are Khaleesi's eventual eggs. They're not these ones, right? That is a terrific question that I don't know the answer to. Because didn't you bring it up at some point yeah. throughout the season? Because there were... Yeah, that's definitely a thing. That's such a good question, but I, I, I'm hesitant to confirm that they're these eggs, but it definitely is eggs from this time period that are rumored to have been hers, yes. And it makes sense because, you know, Rhaenyra being the one who her dragon gave birth to the eventual dragon eggs that would go to Khaleesi, it just seems kind of poetic if that's the case, but I'm sure there's absolutely no confirmation of how they would eventually get to Essos and yeah. find their way. Oh, no, there's totally confirmation of that. Oh, There's really? a story in Fire, yeah, about someone, like a, a Targaryen princess. I mean, it's a woman at the very least, steals them and runs away with them. Cool. Okay. But um, but I I'm only hesitant to confirm that they're these only because I want to say that it's actually Dreamfire, Helena's dragon, who gives birth to the eggs. That's definitely not the right way to say that, but produces <laughs> the eggs uh, that become Daenerys's dragons because I think Dreamfire and Drogon they made them look similar on purpose in mm. the show. All right, we'll check that. Yeah, we're getting into territory of me talking out of my ass, so <laughs> I think that's the last thing I'll say about that. Okay. <laughs> you almost forget that Damon has two kids. Like, one's just off with Rhaenys, and the other one is Rhaenyra's cupbearer, or whatever you said. Yeah. And it's just like, one's over there. It's like, okay, send a note to dad. At first, I was like, oh. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's her dad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you forget. It's weird. Yeah, I think it's also kind of a question of how often have they seen each other in the past? We know now it's six years. They say it a little later. And I mean, Driftmark's not far away, so I'm sure they see it often. But it is just kind of interesting that she just gets raised by her grandmother instead for Mm -hmm. almost purely political purposes. Right. Yeah, I'm sure Damon isn't really complaining a ton. (laughs) (laughs) So right after we get this uh, this scene with Damon, we then get uh, Rhaenyra and Jace. This is just a great Jace scene. Jace, like Luke had mentioned last episode, he really seems like he cares a lot about his kind of station as the he will end up being the new heir once uh, Rhaenyra ascends to the throne. And he's really working hard to learn High Valyrian, which is honestly cool to see. I really like the line he says that like a king should care about kind of the traditions and everything of their forebears. But that lesson gets interrupted by Damon coming in and just being like, hey, that Vaiman guy is being a fucking cocksmack. We're going to have to deal with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Rhaenyra's pregnant again, which you yes. think is maybe like her and Damon's first kid because we've got a little bit older than a toddler, Joffrey, like playing off to the side. But it's actually revealed to be her second kid with Damon on, or third, third, Correct. third, two popped out, maybe twins, maybe Aegon's a little bit older than Viserys. It seems. Yeah, Aegon's a little bit older. We have another fucking Aegon. Like, <laughs> they do. It will eventually become Aegon the Elder will be is Allison and Viserys' son. And then they call this Aegon, Rhaenyra, and Damon's is Aegon the Younger. Okay. Wow. So One thing I took away that really stuck out and makes me sad to think about is that Rhaenys is kind of holding a grudge against uh, Deiray because 
they obviously put the blame of Lenore's death on on her. And this is what I was like thinking about when last episode happened. Like I totally would have cut them in on this conversation for this exact reason. This is enough for her to go to war with her. But luckily, she's a rider for the Targaryens and gets over it because of the amazing marriage proposal that comes soon, which is really amazing. And it's finally one that gets instantly accepted like they like the last seven should have. But it does make me upset that Rhaenys truly thinks that they killed her son. And I hate that. I think in that case, they maybe could have told Rainice, but they can never tell Corliss. Rainice would want her son to be happy and maybe could get over it. Corliss would be like, fuck you. You're not fucking doing that. Chain him to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That would totally be seen as like the ultimate act of cowardice, basically just running away from his family name. I mean, good for him. But yeah, no, I don't know if Corliss would ever really stand for that. Yeah. But Dayray, you can tell with versus Damon with anyone else he's been, they care for each other. They they mm-hmm. give each other looks and you're like, wow, they are husband and wife. They actually he like all episode he's yeah. riding for her. So that's good stuff. I it's like great, that. too. And we also get here. They talk about how Rhaenyra mentions how it's kind of just a known thing that the high towers are pretty much rolling in Viserys's name. We get obviously a lot more of that later in the episode. And also Vayman says it in the opening scene where he says, there's not a king that sits on the Iron Throne, it's a queen now. So Allison obviously has been making a little bit of a name for herself in the past six years uh, for kind of stepping in in Viserys' stead. So mm-hmm. moving on now, they are going to King's Landing. This is Damon and Rhaenyra. And I'm actually looking at my notes and it autocorrected to Demon and Rhaenyra. So that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> so the whole family arrives at King's Landing and they arrive to no greeting other than a, a slightly late Lord Caswell, who we mentioned in episode six, is the first uh, the first person to congratulate Rhaenyra. So Lord Caswell obviously has a little bit of a soft spot in his heart for Rhaenyra. <laughs> yeah, it just, he was literally the only guy that showed up at her little greeting. The interesting thing is that we move kind of right into the small council meeting after this. Mm-hmm. I think we can talk about the two scenes kind of at the same time. And it's just... Damon and Rhaenyra feel so out of place back in the Red Keep. Rhaenyra even mentions that she doesn't even recognize the place anymore. And then we immediately get into the small council where we see Allison at the head of the table and Otto, and they're clearly just running everything. Their hands are in every part of the Red Keep at this point. Yeah, Lord Beesbury at it again, boring everyone to fucking tears. This guy's <laughs> such a clown. But I thought it was interesting because it kind of had to be explained to me in the behind the scenes why it looks so different. But And they do talk about Allison and the seven and the religious and religion and stuff. But there's like the seven pointed star that they shoot. They direct the shot right through it as they walk in. And it used to, they explain it as there used to be kind of like poppy Targaryen art all over the place, almost like porn someplace, some like, yeah. you know, paintings on the walls and stuff. And now it's just like religious stuff. It's dark. It's like depressing as fuck around, which mm-hmm. you had to explain that to me. I'm never going to pick that up, but I, that's why well, I watched the behind the scenes. It is cool that there's just some subtle world building going on there. That's going to eventually lead to what it becomes in 160 years at this point for Game of Thrones and like where we pick up where the seven is just the popular. I'm sure it's already the religion of Westeros, but it's just way more prevalent in the Red Keep and stuff. And that's just awesome that it's slowly happening because I was always questioning, like, how do all the Targaryen like what happens? All the Targaryen stuff. Was it just Bobby B coming in and just taking it all out or did it something like this happen and it's it's kind of cool to see that it was actually Allison that got the ball rolling to start pushing the the whole country towards this religion the high towers have a really special relationship with um like the faith of the seven the high septon and everything used to be based and i don't 
I want to say almost still based, but out of Old Town. Uh, that's where like Aegon was kind of actually crowned by the High Septon. They kind of gave up essentially and surrendered to Aegon the Conqueror in Old Town. The High Septon places, I'm pretty sure, a crown on his head and everything. The Old Ta- Old Town and the High Towers are also connected to the Maesters because that's where the Citadel is as well. So the High Towers are a pretty well connected family. So we also learn here that uh, what the Stepstones are kind of been vassalized because Lord Beesbury keeps droning on, like uh, like Kathleen said. But the second most interesting thing I will say to me is that uh, Harold Westerling, who is still the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, comes in to announce that Damon and Rhaenyra have shown up. And Otto mentions that, like, making sure that they got the greeting that they were instructed to get. And mm-hmm. uh, Sir Westerling is like, yeah, like, of course. It's just funny that, like, they have the Kingsguard getting into the petty war that they're with. And they don't really have a choice, because, I mean, it's the Queen and the King the hand speaking as the king are telling him to do these things just a power move yeah yeah it just breaks my heart a little bit that they're they're weaponizing them like this but that's the way it goes uh the actually big thing that happens here though is the discussion of luke's legitimacy as heir and we get uh tyland lannister and uh i just know him as iron rod who's the new master of laws i dropped his name in the other episode but i just don't remember off the top of my head what it is. He's the master of laws, and the two of them kind of join in and are like, "Yeah, I don't think that he should actually be the heir to Driftmark." It's crazy because they say that like it was never officially put in stone that Corlys made that announcement, but I thought it was, which is kind of weird. I don't know what you need to do to make it a royal proclamation, but it is interesting that Corlys never actually did it, and maybe it was spawned by Luke's desire to not really want it, but that seems a little wrong in terms of I mean, how Corlys Luke, treats it, like what it's going to be like for a royal proclamation. Like, what do you have to do is the theme of this episode. The last like fucking yeah. minute of the episode is that's that is the question. So I hope we do figure that out. To Corliss, it's probably a thing of like, he's just so convinced that it's going to be Luke that it's not even really necessary to say anything about it. Like, yeah. he doesn't feel like he needs to like go tell the king. It's just mm-hmm. like, that's just the way it is in his head. But it's just interesting that Lord Beesbury is kind of taken aback that they're saying this. Because Lord Beesbury, in his mind, it's obviously going to Luke because Luke is Lanor's son. And he says, what grounds? And then Ironrod says, what grounds? Yeah, what grounds indeed, Lord Beesbury? What can it possibly be? <laughs> so obviously, even the small council is in on the fact that uh, Rhaenyra's sons are bastards. It's after the small council meeting, we get Allison leaving. She's going to now greet the guests like she probably should have done at the front door. But she gets stopped very quickly by a... Sir Eric, Sir Eric Cargill, Cargill tells her about a delicate situation with Aegon. And we do get a little bit of word building here as well. I just personally thought this was a, like a, the smartest way to possibly introduce this Kingsguard character. We haven't seen him before that I know of, but he has a twin named Eric. And she calls him Eric and says, no, I'm Eric. So it's like, okay, right there, boom. Like one sentence, world building. We know there's twins. There are two of them. They're both in the Kingsguard. Like, I just thought that was really well done. Are they important? They're twins. Yeah, but like it's like oh, their, oh, oh. Their, their house. Uh, yeah. I mean, the two of them are certainly important. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. they definitely have a big role to play. Aegon is such a dick. Why did he write this kid so terrible? I fucking hate this. Allison is doing this thing where she's like believing women, but then like scaring her straight into not telling anybody. But it's interesting now after the second it took to the second watch for me to realize that the woman in the room that's listening is helping or whatever whoever that woman is is the same yeah. woman at the end with Vissaria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was supposed to be like kept hush hush and secret but there she's telling 
our little 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 finger Miss Aria <laughs> yeah. about everything. So I don't mean to like keep hopping around, but in the next episode on that little boy, I assume the post the, the, the like potion didn't work, and that is the kid. I assume Diana had Aegon's baby because the the elixir didn't work. Yeah, and that's the little baby you see in the next week on there where they're like there's a secret or some shit because Miss Arya knew about it and she probably yeah. tracked down Diana or something. Otherwise, it why is, is it important? Baby. Otherwise, why is, why are those scenes important if it doesn't exactly. turn into a kid and having that information being weaponized in some way? Exactly. Yeah. I, they did just an incredible job. And obviously Olivia Cook gets a ton of the credit for this of at the same time, it's she's being so like nice and kind in a way, but every like second that I was watching it, I was just assuming like, okay, like where's the rub? Like, where is the death going to come? Like, uh, like she's obviously going to kill her. Like it just kept going like that. And then they get, they pour the tea and I'm like, okay, it's obviously poisoned. Like there's no way it's not poisoned. And then it just ends. And Allison was actually kind of, not, no, not not sweet because she totally throws some thinly veiled threats at her, but it's like you said that she has that whole believe women line. And it just was so like unexpected the way the scene was handled in, in a good way. I would have dropped a thousand dollars that she was not making out of that scene. Like she was killing this girl right when she hugged. I thought it was going to, you were going to hear that and then dead something like that. But Allison surprised me all throughout this episode. Even when they have, she has the nice moment later with Rainier. I just didn't think we were going to get that. I didn't think it was going to get better before it gets a lot, a lot worse, but it was nice to have this little hiatus. Um, I do love how she treated Aegon, and I'm really pissed that the only nudity we got this episode was his pal ass when she freaking pulls the blanket over. I was like, what is this? On the matter of Aegon, I'm very surprised that he didn't change in like at all. Like he might as well be the same exact character. And it's gonna make for some fun dynamics. And it did with like all the joking around and him trying to bully uh Rhaenyra's kids later. But I, I really didn't think he was gonna be as like one-dimensional as he's kind of coming off as. But it's fine because it just leaves more room for Eamon. With the kids, they're all like supposed to be not like a representation or like a manifestation of Allison's parenting, of like her letting this grudge and like perceived danger get to her so much that it affects her kids. He says, I did not ask for this. I try so hard, but it will never be enough for you. While she's trying to like bend him to her will, she's just pushing him farther and farther away, which causes him to be worse and worse in her eyes, which then causes her to get harder and harder trying to bend her to his will, which causes him to go farther and farther away. She's just gone so deep down that road that it's now just infected her kids so deeply as well. And it's just kind of all fucked up. When she says you're no son of mine, I'm like, damn, that's cold. But also... I don't know if it's I think it's maybe the next scene or something. Someone comes in looking for Diana because she's supposed it's, to it's Selena. She gets yeah. her intro. Yeah. Helena. Why does she hug her? I just think maybe because Helena's the only kid that she has that doesn't cause her fucking constant. Oh, wait, issues. that was you said that was Helena. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the daughter. That's Aegon's that's the daughter's. Wife. That should be the daughter's like Helena's rooms, right? Like if they're yeah. married, like yeah, that's where they married. sleep together. So, yeah, that was like her coming back. She yeah. is such a funny character. Helena. I love her. Yeah. Hilarious. I love her. And she is not like this in the books. I mentioned on a different episode, but literally the only thing that is found out about her, not really found out, but in the books is that she, people just say like, oh, she's going to be a great mom. They're like, she doesn't really have like the distinctive, like otherworldly attractiveness of other Targaryens. You know, she's a little plump, but it was always just like, she's going to be a great mom. 
she, she's just like quickly turning into a fan favorite. Just yeah, like the she's purity great. of her. She's a she's she's a dreamer, so she's constantly dropping these foreshadowings. She does another one that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But I, you know, Kathleen, for us, it's like Last Kingdom Resurgence Part Two between her and Aemon. It's just amazing to see. Like I didn't even love her character in the Last Kingdom that much, but I'm still so hyped to see her. Just because in some way it feels nostalgic, but also she's just pure. And like, I like Helena's character pre time skip when she was the other actress, just because she's like that, just eccentric character. So it's going to be cool to follow her along. I can't imagine she has like an evil bone in her body. Yeah, no, Helena, Helena's great. And it's also, I think, again, she doesn't have any level of expectation cast upon her by Allison. She's not forced to be anyone that she doesn't really want to be in any way. And I'm not saying that obviously it's Allison's fault that Aegon is raping people and is a fucking drunk, but I just think that that's part of why Aegon is the way he is. Obviously, he's a grown man and makes his own decisions, but Allison has obviously uh, kind of pushed him in a certain direction. What are the ages right now? Like, how old are we thinking Eamon is? Like, 18 and... I think, yeah, I think Eamon is like late late tweens, late teens, and Aegon himself might be like young 20s. Okay. So old. That's the way I'm kind of thinking about it. I've yet to see anyone like compile an actual timeline. Yeah. Of of everything that's happened. Maybe we'll get it at the end of the season. I'm not sure. All right. So to jump back in time a little bit, we'll kind of combine Rhaenyra and Damon going to Viserys' room uh, for the first time in six years. They're expecting to see a father or brother, and they get a a breathing corpse laying on the bed. It looks like a snack. Which was fucking wild to see. I mean, I love the gold shirt and the little frilly cuffs, but uh, other than that, our boy is in fairly rough shape. Viserys is the spookiest thing I've seen all October. Yeah, that's Period. fair enough. He is so scary. The bullshit that this man has gone through, it's out of control. I mean, when he takes the mask off later, it is shocking. So shocking. But I will say Matt Smith played this Damon scene so well. His brother, who he obviously grew up with, they were best friends until they weren't. And you go in expecting to see your brother and it's just, it's like kind of awkward. It's like anyone who's ever had to go visit a family member who's like on the way out and it's devastating and weird and awkward and sad. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like tiptoeing around the bed and talking to him. And he's like, get my tea. And he's like, this, this <laughs> he's trying to help him, but he doesn't know how to help him. It's yeah. he played it so well. And Rhaenyra was like heartbreaking to see your dad like that. It's devastating. I, I love the scene, even though it was, it was short, but anything with Viserys this episode was an A plus for me. He's just like tripping all day on Milk of the Poppy, just like yeah. out of his mind. I couldn't even imagine like the pain he's constantly in. Gets gross when we finally see what his rest of his body looks like. Like that was harder to watch for me almost than like some of the pregnant or the, the birthing scenes. Like, holy shit, it was gross. My boy's not in good shape. I guess it paid off for him not dying in that 10 year time skip that Kathleen was complaining about because we got to see the actual him rotting alive so yeah 16 years since that since he painted at Rhaenyra and Lano's right. wedding just in case you're wondering that's nuts when you say it like that <laughs> but our man's a trooper he's a king and also there's definitely a level of like them like just barely keeping him alive so that they can just be the actual king the mm-hmm. high towers this is and even he even says it here he's like ah petitions nah, Allison and Otto do that like <laughs> 
Like milk of the poppy, that's me. Petitions, that's them. Y'all got any of that milk of the poppy? Yeah, that was. It's just, and then, like you said, it's really tough for Rhaenyra and Damon to see him like this, especially because Damon, kind of not desperate, but they need him. And Damon is trying to talk to him in the scene, like you gotta, you gotta back Rhaenyra, and you gotta back Luke's claim up, like you gotta do this for us. And he's just like, oh fuck, this might not work out. Interesting mm-hmm. how Damon is now riding for Luke and Jace. Like he is like fully a father figure to them, seemingly throughout this whole episode. He's the guy. Later in the episode, when when the boys are fighting the other boys, Damon kind of steps in and is like, uh uh-uh, uh, go away, go yeah. to your room. <laughs> and they they mm-hmm. go right away. They're he's good not boys. a he's not a stepdad, he's the dad that stepped up. Oh, love that. I never yeah. heard that before. That's cute. that's where he's at. I All would right, be so-, so scared if he was my stepdad, though. I would never <laughs> want to displease him. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you are in some way. Well, I think part of it, too, is that they're not really in his way towards getting any type of power or something that he wants. True. So, like, them happy makes Rhaenyra happy, which makes him happy. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's the the quick calculus that he's doing in his head. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Because I don't think... Well, I mean, also, I feel like he also respects a little bit of the memory of Sir Harwin. I think that he has a certain level of like, he's okay with Rhaenyra and Harwin's relationship that they had, because I think he was happy to see that Rhaenyra had found someone in that time. They don't really show it a ton. I'm just kind of assuming that that's kind of where he's at. All right. So we get a great scene is that Rhaenyra and Damon kind of have a little bit of a confrontation with Allison where they just, I mean, they don't directly, Damon directly says it, that they know that, that the High Towers are up to some shady shit with Viserys. They're just kind of drugging him and just doing what they want with the kingdom. And Alicent reminds them that she will be the one presiding over the uh, the succession discussion tomorrow. So hopefully the father is just and, uh, and make sure that justice is uh, is dished out. I'm going to defend Rene- or Alicent for one second here and just agree with her on the part about the milk of the poppy because... Anytime it's wearing off, Viserys is just like screaming in pain. So I don't think there was any way around that part. So they shouldn't really be coming at Alicent for trying to like, like make him feel more comfortable at least. But, you know, it obviously they're looking at it from a ruling standpoint. Yeah, I like Damon when she says, I don't exactly remember the exact phrase she says, but essentially like they're just kind of embodying and transferring the wisdom of the king as like servants to the crown and Damon kind of just chuckles and is like, and how does he tell you that wisdom through fucking blinks and wheezes? <laughs> I was like, damn, that's a great point though. Uh, and even Rhaenyra is like, oh yeah, the maesters recommend milk of the poppy. I bet they do. You little bitch. <laughs> that's the part Damon follows that with. up. Yeah. with Oh yeah. I mean, I'm all in on the maester conspiracy. So I agree with Rhaenyra here. She's very savvy and smart. Uh, but Damon kind of sarcastically says like, I'm so sure that you're doing this out of mercy for Viserys, but uh, what's good with removing all of the Targaryen heraldry? And that made me laugh earlier, Kathleen, when you were saying that, like the example you had used of what they took away was all of the sex scenes on the walls. And Damon was like, yo, <laughs> where's the Targaryen heraldry of all the people fucking? What's good with that? <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I had said, Allison kind of puts her foot down tells them that you know she still has a lot of power here her and otto will be presiding over the proceedings like i said and that she'll forget that they made the accusation in the room so obviously things have not gotten any better in the six years that they've been apart they're still kind of at each other's throats so next we move to the children so we have jace and luke wandering into the practice yard to reminisce a little bit 
I'm sure they're thinking about their, well, Jace at this point is thinking about how his daddy kicked the shit out of Kristen Cole. Uh, they're kind of reminiscing about like old scars that they made on the walls and stuff. And Jace is in a great mood while Luke is very observant in the sense that everyone is looking at them because they know what's happening tomorrow. And he is very self-conscious about it. And there was a good fight. I, it, se- it almost seemed like Jace didn't realize who was fighting before he was pumped to go see who was like sparring. And then when he saw it, he was like, Ooh, yeah, like I if I'm Luke and I'm the one who sliced this guy's eye open, I'm running away so fast. Eamon shot up to six foot something. He is uh, like a bad dude. He can go toe to toe with Kristen Cole. He's a bad dude. So I think I figured it out after my second watch of why. Eamon is just like looks so crazy and why he's just like this presence and it's totally yeah it's that it's totally because he just opens his one eye as much as he possibly can so you can see the whites above his eye which is like it's actually like a mental condition if you do that like naturally so it's like it just you know it makes you look crazy people used to think like you could you know like yeah like you get a lobotomized basically because you're just a psycho and the way he does it like kind of on purpose just to like intimidate people it's fucking awesome and the way that he is already a proven good fighter because through the transitive property i think that's the right way to say he beats chris and cole who beats damon in a fight that's kind of badass like that's that's a you know that's a something on your resume right there um and then is that a valyrian steel sword that he has i don't i don't know if that's anything yet i don't believe so i want to say it was just some type of pra- i don't know if they were using their actual weapons or a practice practice like metal practice swords like do you know if he has one at this point no he should not Aymond? Okay. well because viserys yeah, yeah. technically would have black fire while damon has dark sister and those are the two ones that they have Okay, but either way, great intro. I mean, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra has a little Viserys necklace she no can use of it. pull off and slice someone with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, when you become the king or the queen, you get Blackfire. So to do with kind of as you he, wish. He just ends that con- that like confrontational fight while like without even like looking at his cousins. He's like cousins, you come here to train. He just well, wants- nephews or nephews. Sorry, nephews. Yeah, he yeah just which wants- is even better antagonization like conflict and he'll yeah. do anything to kind of like step it up he's like fuck your tornies i don't give a shit about that Kristen cole like i'm out here for blood basically yeah he's very 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 serious yeah and eye patch definitely makes you look more serious like yeah. he did a lot of good looks business. all episode Just yeah and he keeps through, it, he keeps his crowds. mouth a little bit open like i don't know if you've seen <laughs> stills like he, he like he like and his chin like kind of pops out and his eyes all cra- he's crazy man he's the best yeah and we get uh so what would have been an amazing continuation of the scene is interrupted by fucking Vaymond kind of trying to come in and swing his dick around a little bit before his petition in front of uh, the hand and the queen. And it just makes Luke very uncomfortable. Cause he's like, Oh crap. Like that's who I'm going up against. And he's almost like looking at himself like, damn, I think Kathleen covered what the conversation that he has in the, in the small council um, with Otto, yeah. right. About the Navy, which is, is very true. Like it almost makes you want this to go that way. Because yeah, that's because sure. that's the most eastern part of Westeros, so that's going to be the first line of defense, and that's like the head of the entire navy of the Westerosian army. It's just when you think about it like that, it's like okay, this guy's got some points here. Oh, for sure. And Otto is, I mean, there's a little bit. It's not a double entendre, but he's also not just talking about the stepstones. 
when he says that. Like, he has been saying for fucking episodes that war is going to come if Rhaenyra becomes, like, mm-hmm. actually comes to the Iron Throne. He's obviously thinking war is both Stepstones and the potential of what could be coming in the future. And Vaiman is a little, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge of, I would be eternally grateful to whoever made me the heir to Driftmark, you know. So he's obviously mm-hmm. Team Green at this point, and he's letting him know. So now we get another discussion, a little backdoor dealing. We get Rhaenyra and Rhaenys in the Godswood. So the Godswood's seen a lot of great stuff in this show so far. Uh, and they discuss the succession, they discuss Lanor, and they discuss marriage. Reyna, Rhaenys, and Rhaenyra. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a cool great it. point. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, Reyna, okay, Reyna was named after Rhaenys. So I guess that gets a little bit of a pass. But yeah, the Rhaenyra thrown in is definitely a little bit of a jumble. Yeah. It's good to see Rhaenys call Rhaenyra out because you can't just ignore it if you actually do think she killed Lanor. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she believes Ra- Rhaenyra saying... I loved him. I promise I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm with Luke. I think she should have elbowed and said, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally just give her something, but he's getting uh, absolutely boned overseas. <laughs> <laughs> having a great time. Honestly, good for him. He escapes all the bullshit. Rainy uh, is just con- continually proving my first take of her just so wrong. Like she's just an awesome character and I will forever regret throwing some slander her way after the first scene with little <laughs> Millie um, because she's, she's a great character. Like I said earlier, like this is just a smash accept to that offer. And she basically does in her head and she plays it up in front of like the King and the count and in the throne room later in just the best way ever. She's just, she's just smart. She's a good Targaryen. She's always going to be riding for the family. She's just en- enjoyable to watch on screen. Yeah, she's she's great. And again, I mean, Viserys, great guy, but Rainey's totally would have made a better queen because <laughs> Viserys ended up being king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, no real hate. I don't hold any hate in my heart towards Viserys. That's my guy forever and a day. But it's uh, <laughs> it becomes more and more obvious as this season has gone on that Rainey's was probably the better choice. But everybody was only thinking about the little sausage between his legs, as Mushroom would say. And I have a question, too, because so Luke, you had just said that she kind of accepts it in her head, but it's like she totally rejected it right to her face. Yeah. The reasoning she uses where she's like, tomorrow the Hightowers will land their first blow and they'll take you or they'll put you to your knees and like, I'll need to stand alone. And both times I watched that just went. So I went over my head. I was like, I don't really know what she's saying here. She's basically being like, I can't betroth the my granddaughters to your kids because you are not like this is the first blow that the high towers are going to land mm. and it's just going to continue. You are you will not be the queen. OK, so so she's like, yeah, basically saying I, I'm not going to go on the losing side. Exactly. But yeah. but she sees it turn. When yeah. Viserys walks in and when Viserys says, only person I could think of in this room that has anything that is of value is Rainey's. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> cuz. Thanks. Yeah. No, like, you're, you're totally right. I forgot about that line. Like she didn't accept it in her head until until that part happened. But yeah, you know, yeah I, I forgot. She that plays part the happened. game. She was yeah, like, exactly. OK, OK, let's mm-hmm. go. So we now move on to what in the moment was in the first watch was a, a little bit of a heartbreaking scene, which even gets worse on the second watch because of what happens in the final scene. But we get Rhaenyra going to Viserys and she's venting a little bit. She's asking for his help a little bit because the burden of ruling is 
too much for her in this scene. And she's kind of begging him for his help while he is begging the Lord to take him away. Uh, <laughs> and he just can't do anything for her. He's just so zooted off the milk that he can't even form a sentence. And I just think, I mean, this scene happens quickly. I, I just the, the biggest takeaway I had from it is that I just think it's great that we get to see this side of Rhaenyra, like very honest, vulnerable. The moment is feeling too big for her. It's nice that we don't like she doesn't need to be this like emotionless, badass chick to like make us all like her and, you know, to make people be team black and stuff like that. I just like that they threw in this moment of vulnerability between a daughter and, and a had, father. And they had to ruin it by bringing up the song of ice and fire. I know. Yeah. So when. Viserys says my only child. I mean, Viserys does not have a relationship with any of Allison's kids. You know, I truly do feel like he's like Rhaenyra is my girl. And I think last episode you had brought up that with him and Emma, like he's just going to ride for Rhaenyra no matter what. I Someone may have brought that up or maybe it was someone else I was talking to. But it's like you feel so guilty about what happened to Emma and he like loved Emma so much and he loved Rhaenyra. So he's just going to ride for Rhaenyra no matter what. He doesn't care that the kids are illegitimate. He knows it for a fact. He doesn't fucking care. Did you have another take on why he said my only child? Is it Was it that he's totally goofed out? Or do you think he just meant like you're my one true like kid? I think he's just getting loopier. It's like yeah. kind of like Alzheimer's a little bit. He's just losing <laughs> it. But yeah. Yeah. He's just forgetting things, I think, at this point. Yeah. Because um, I mean, Damon literally the- says to him at, like a couple scenes ago, he tells yeah. him straight up what happened to Corliss, and then a minute later, he's like, "What happened to Corliss?" <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's like about that. Never yeah, mind. totally. And it's just kind of like the in built into his subconscious that Emma is his wife. Yeah, that's true too. Because we did get him saying to Allison last episode, he calls her Emma. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So next morning. Viserys has shown some signs of life here a little bit. He's actually making sentences. Uh, he's getting some new dressings. And he actually rejects the milk of the poppy from Otto in this scene, which obviously plays in uh, very importantly later. I'm just curious. I mean, Luke, obviously, you were very uncomfortable during this scene, <laughs> watching this man just struggle and see all the sores on his back. It was just like Sam Tarly doing up Jorah, like <laughs> yeah. his pus and Ooh. skin lesions. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. It was just what a journey of what we've been on since. I mean, it's episode one, right? We get him in this same kind of chair, and they're poking at the little thing on his back, and he's like, "Ah, burn it! Like, come on, let's get on with their stuff." And now he's like so incapacitated that he can't even move on his own. Like, they need to shift him. Him moaning, like he moans for probably like a full three minutes of this episode. And it's just so believable. And like, you feel so bad for him. And Kathleen, you mentioned it earlier of how great Patty is acting in this episode. And it was just like literally fantastic. I just felt like this man was like a real guy who was actually sick. And it was difficult to watch. They superimposed Patty's face on another guy, obviously. And another guy with that like skinny body. And it just made me laugh whoever was explaining it on the behind the scenes was like, his is like great rib cage. <laughs> that we like, we, they really like accentuate with like makeup and stuff, obviously. But I, my notes just says, this is the saddest. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like he's literally just a, a corpse. Like you said, Kyle is fucking so sad. It was, it was the longest episode of the season so far. And I have not that many notes because of how much airtime he takes up just moaning. Like you're saying yeah. like so much, so many scenes are just, slowly trickling out words yep 
but it was just i mean it was done fantastically it was the longest episode but it really i remember watching and looking down and it had already been an hour and i was like holy fuck mm-hmm. like we're almost yeah. done this thing last thing i will say about this i just love the little bit of not even banter that he has with Otto, but like, again, showing that sign of life where he's like, I want to have supper, motherfucker. And Otto's like, it's the morning. And he's like, tonight, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm not that, I'm not dead yet, dumbass. Like, to like think about things. I thought that was great to see a little bit of fight from our boy Viserys. So, moving into probably the first huge scene of the episode, we get the mm-hmm. petitions. So, we get Otto lounging around in the iron throne saying that he speaks with the king's voice and they're going to decide the uh the petitions for the succession of driftmark but after some i guess we have vayman's kind of getting into it Rhaenys getting into it rhaenyra rather and then our boy viserys comes to save the day so a lot to talk about about the scene just whatever you want to bring up first and we'll take it from there i want to bring up right away his the king viserys's awesome mask i don't know if it is the exact same thing but is that the second son's like kind of mask or is that completely different and it was just a coincidentally gold shape? like the sons of the harpy or sorry that's what i meant sons of the harpy yeah, yeah. it lo- i mean it looks just it looks so similar to crab feeders thing yeah too, exactly which, which was, was the sons of, of the harpy thing yeah. so i don't know if that was on purpose but i agree that it looks fucking sick yeah they didn't mention sweet. that on the behind the scenes <laughs> well maybe they forgot kathleen I was just saying. <laughs> um, did you guys see the thing making its rounds about when um, King Viserys is walking up the throne, how the crown falling off was totally not planned? And then when Matt Smith went up and, and picked it up, that was like all kind of improv, which is That's amazing, especially crazy. on your second watch through like they have dialogue. It's just completely like on the spot, just made up, which is amazing. I thought it was like so sad that Damon how it went like great sad but it made me sad that damon went up and helped him it's the only help he would have accepted except yeah 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 Yeah, that was great because they literally show and i think it's actually Kristen cole who tries to help him at first and he's like i can do this and then he relents to damon which i think is just again great symbolism as well i will sit the throne today to otto yeah yeah and otto and allison are like fuck and Vayman. So Vayman, is, yeah, Vayman. Yeah, Vayman looks at them and it's like, yo, what the fuck? You were supposed <laughs> to be drugging this guy. <laughs> yeah, he was pissed. But I will say that Allison seems truly sorry for Viserys. Like, she does, she's not like a queen like Cersei who would be like so sick if, if mm-hmm. Bobby Baratheon was just like ill as fuck and she got to make all the decisions. She would be like purposefully like, punching him when he's sleeping just to like make it worse. <laughs> Whereas Allison's like tr- truly feels sorry. You forget mm-hmm. because of last episode, she really went a little crazy, but she has some real empathy this episode, I feel. And that has a lot to do, I think, with how Olivia chose to play her. I think Olivia is a fucking perfect Allison, just like Emma is a perfect fucking Rhaenyra. I'm That's so great. glad we have those two actors as them because phenomenal, both of them. Everything the show has done that we've kind of questioned at any point has just been proven wrong or rather right to us like every decision that they've made almost like and initially it's kind of like uh, and then literally the next episode something happens and it's like fuck okay they were right that was great because i remember we were a little apprehensive and i know like the general narrative was apprehension about losing uh millie and emily but uh, just like you said it's been fantastic and also with allison like you said we're getting a little bit of empathy from her i just i think it's also that's a lot of the character they're trying to portray of she is She's not wishy-washy, but it's like 
she's kind of wavering a little bit. Like she's not all in the way Otto is all in. Mm-hmm. You know, she still has that shred of empathy and compassion, and it's not like she's just like cold heartedly doing things for power. At times, she will do things like that, and then she'll turn around and have compassion for someone. And it's kind of like it's a little bit of like a conflict almost internally, it makes it seem like. And it feels weird because based on our past with Game of Thrones, like we're all expecting the worst out of people at most times. Like that's why when Diana was having the pregnancy scare, we were sit all thinking that she was dead. Yeah. But when it doesn't happen like that, it's kind of like subverting subverted expectations a little bit. And it's kind of cool because Game of Thrones brainwashed us to think that everybody is out to kill everybody. And when a character like Allison, who's the head of team green, or maybe will become the head of team green, if it's not Otto, it's just interesting to see that she does. She's not purely anti them yet. It's cool. Yeah, she's a fantastic character. All right, so we get Viserys, like Kathleen had said a little bit earlier. I Honestly, I was a little nervous at first when he was like, I made like I had to express my confusion, and I thought he was going to be like, like, who are you people, or like, where am I, and something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it would have like all went south on them, but it turns out that he is, honestly, just still, he's such a fucking playful little guy. I love, like, he, that's such a King Viserys way to, like, present what he's actually trying to say here, mm-hmm. of that it's a settled matter that Luke is going to be the heir, but he has Rainy step up and confirm it. And Rainy's also, like we've said, accepts the betrothal uh, offer from Rhaenyra. The Greens are pissed. Otto and Allison are like, what the fuck? Vaymon's obviously in his own little world. And Aegon laughs. I like that they gave us that, that Aegon gets a little bit of a chuckle out of it. Also want to point out that Bela was pretty hyped too, I guess, because she is now marrying into the throne. I mean, fuck yeah, that sounds great. Vaymon stepping up no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> you breaking laws and doing all this shit. And you're going to tell me who's going to like inherit my blood, right? Or my birthright, things like this. And he's not wrong out of anything, except for when he calls my girl whore. That is where I draw the line. <laughs> and that's when he gets his head sliced in half by my boy. I, like, that's it. But he's not wrong with anything else. And it's, he speaks for all like the extreme team greenest when he's like, you're a whore and <laughs> your yeah. kids are bastards. Fuck you. I don't that I don't really see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really see any team green people at all in any of my feeds. So I don't know if there are any like extremists people, but Vayman, I mean, the actor I play Vayman crushed it. That was an awesome last scene. Loved when he spoke to High Valyrian last episode in the beginning of the funeral. It was good, but um, that was fucking sick. I every time I see Vayman, I think of that fact that you told us about how he like how prepped he was for the High Valyrian. Yeah. I'll never like I just you always respect an actor that gets that into the role. Yeah. And um, I want to bring it back real quick though, Kyle. You mentioned it, and I wrote it down too. And I I want to just air it out. Why did Aegon smile when that got announced? Because I can't think of a reason. That he's like in for this. Is he just like he loves chaos. chaos? I think it's okay. a chaos act. I think But I thought that was more Eamon's angle. I think I thought I think Aegon it's twofold. just wanted like the the easy, just fun life. I think it's twofold in the sense that he knows that his mom, like the plan is being a little bit foiled right here. And not this was not expected. So I think it's one part of it is like, ha, like fuck you, mom. And then the other part of it <laughs> is up? that what we see later when he's actually like fucking with Jace. And Bela, I think it's he like thinks it's funny that the two of them would be betrothed together. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, because he does then just is relentless at the dinner table, specifically mm-hmm. to Jason Bela. 
But so yeah, he's just a little smack. Dude, Dark Sister, that that's that's the sword, right? Yeah. Just oh my god, this was just awesome. How clean it was. Damon's little freaking remark when he he says like a, a second before when Damon's going on his rant, he goes, "Say it, say it," and then he does, and like three seconds later, and it's just so good, man. I think even after the head got cut, I think Eamon smiled at this point. Yes, like he, he gave a little smirk. It's just he just loves chaos too. Like this is. God, this is going to explode in the most entertaining way on earth. It's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, they really are just like putting all of these pieces in place and then just dumping a bunch of gunpowder on top of it. I mean, I know he's not going to be, but it, could Damon get in trouble for doing that? No. Okay. No. Could King basically sentence him to death right there? He said tongue. That's death. I don't think anyone was going to, like, no one's going to come crawling out of the woodwork to defend Damon. In the books, he has sons. But in the show, it doesn't seem like he has any other family. We can just skip ahead because I say so. No, I'm kidding. But um, when Rhaenys is at the table and he's laying there and they're like fixing him up, what do you think is going through Rhaenys' mind? Like just staring at this behead, half beheaded man. Yeah. So first of all, wild that they gave us that shot of his dead body laid out on the table with his head just kind of there, but a little bit of space between it. Yeah. Um, but I think we actually talked about this when we watched last night. So she knows that he's actually Corliss's last blood relative. I think it's more of like a reflection of what she's done. Like she knows that she just ended the Valerian male line right there. Mm. Male okay. line. Yeah, yeah. Obviously her daughters are, her granddaughters rather are still alive. But I, I, that's what I think it is. Because she even says to, to the Grand Maester – where she's like, oh, like the strangers visited me so many times, like so many people in her life have died. Like she's no, she's not afraid of that kind of stuff. I think it is truly like looking at the last, potentially looking at the last Valyrian, because obviously she doesn't really know what's happening with Horless yet. I was getting major House of the House of the Black and White vibes here, like with yes. the, the the faceless men cleaning up the bodies and stuff. I thought they were gonna drop a little subtle hint because that'd be sweet if there were like just a backdrop conspiracy because that's a big thing in Game of Thrones, but. That's just what I thought of when I saw that them cleaning the body. I wrote that down as well, so that's funny. We now move to... I'm trying Best to think team. if there was one thing I wanted to say, but there's not. So, okay. Uh, so, moving into what is now The Last Supper, Game of Thrones style. And, again, just another huge scene. A lot of things happen. But this is Viserys. He's taken the opportunity that's been presented to him of everyone's under the same roof for the first time in six years. Uh, so he wants to have dinner with everyone. He wants everyone to kind of get along because he knows he's going to die soon. And a valiant effort, but obviously it all crumbles when he's not there. And uh, so just so many good things to talk about. I don't really have one I particularly want to start with. So if someone's chopping at the bit with something, I think we just jump well off. Let's do pre and post Viserys leaving. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We'll split it up like that. So this is where the corny stuff comes in for me, but I love it. You know, I do. I don't know. I want to talk about every inch of it. So Eamon is taunting the the kids and then. No. Yeah. No, Aegon, Aegon is Aegon. taunting the kids. Yeah. And then Jace is just dancing with Helena. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then there's like scenes with Otto and Allison, like geeking out funny Damon and Rhaenyra Dayray just absolutely having a blast. Viserys is like looking side by side, devastated. Like the music starts getting sadder and sadder and everyone's having a good time. And I'm like, what show am I watching right now? <laughs> Never in my life have I seen this from Game of Thrones universe. It's crazy. 
It was beautiful. Like they have their talks in the beginning, but the thing that stuck out to me as the most shocking of this entire episode was Otto sitting back clapping and like joking around. That was more shocking to me than Rhaenyra just like belly laughing with Damon, which was like cute as shit. I love that. But oh my God, I was like, Otto, you can party, bro. Let's get it. Cause you never see that out of my man. Dude, and Um, who brings it out of him? It was, it was, was it Helena? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Helena makes the joke about Aegon and like being married or whatever. And and Otto laughs and gives her a little clap. And he's like, good. Yeah. That was right before they danced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He's like, good. He says, good. That (laughs) was such a sad toast by Helena. So sad. Mm -hmm. She's like, they'll mostly just ignore you unless they're drunk. So happy, happy to have you. Yeah. (laughs) But it was also like the most actually sincere one. And she's yeah. like, and they people get a, like a chuckle out of it, and it kind of like breaks any type of awkwardness. But Allison's and Rhaenyra's were sincere. I was shocked by Rhaenyra toasting that. Allison's whole character is duty, right? She had to do this from such a young age. She's marrying the king, who's thirty plus years her senior, maybe. She has to have his kids. She has to lie with him, even though she doesn't want to. And it's like. That's all she kind of wanted to be recognized for. And Rhaenyra stood up, who was her ex-best friend for a million years and said, listen, I love my dad, but I have to commend you. You're the one who's faithfully stood by him all these years. You were loyal and I appreciate that for you. And I owe you an apology. And I was like, damn, that was I mean, Allison was like welling up. She was the welling up emoji with the with the cute (laughs) eyeballs, like big time. And then she's like, well, well, I have one, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they keep going back and forth. It's like freaking bridesmaids. It's insane. It was, was good, it was good, man. It doesn't even like that reconciliation doesn't even get broken. Like it does by the whole like outburst yeah. by that Eamon causes. But even after that's done, she's pissed at her kids for ruining that. She's like, go to bed. Like, I'm sorry. Like Rhaenyra come back on dragon on dragon back. Like let's, you know, it was genuine. Everything about it was genuine. It was really awesome. Cause I, I thought at this point, eight episodes in, we were getting way farther, not closer to like kind of being friends. So something super crazy, like a death is going to have to happen for one of them to really snap and like cause conflict again. And that's probably what's going to happen next episode. But it, it was just a shocker that we got this level of reconciliation. She says you'll make a fine queen. That is, the, mm-hmm. that's insane. That's a huge yeah. line drop. That's almost, that reminded me of when, Viserys straight up told Millie's version of Rhaenyra, like, you you are my heir forever. It's like, wow, okay, d- done. You know, it, it felt like fi- mm-hmm. like a final thing. And they shoot to Otto when she says that. Otto, he doesn't really do too much, but they just want you to know, like, Otto heard that. Yeah. <laughs> and he obviously probably has some thoughts about that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, all that, all of the toasting gets kicked off by just an amazing speech from Viserys. It was unbelievably emotional mm-hmm. what he was saying in this scene. It, it was really crazy. And I mean, he said he it, it's long. So I don't want to say all of it, but I just like that. He says the crown cannot stand strong. If the house, of the dragon remains divided, set aside your grievances. If not for the crown, then for this old man who loves you all so dearly. And I was just like, fuck man. It just puts everything into perspective. Like this guy is literally his body is killing him and he has been suffering. And he's mm-hmm. just to add on top of that, everyone he that he loves so dearly fucking hates each other and fucking want to kill each other. And he's just like, please like, 
for me, just stop doing this. And yeah. it's just, it, it was, it was honestly, it was not hard to watch the second time, but it really hit me the second time, like watching by myself, like really paying attention. I was like, holy fuck. Like I'm, I'm fucking cute. eye willing emoji right now, maybe. <laughs> and I'm stealing this from a random tweet or Reddit post I saw. Cause I just think it's perfect that uh, the symbolism that they did in the show with Viserys was amazing with half of his face being rotted. And that's like the high tower side. And then there's the clean side of his face is just Rhaenyra in them. And like, they're con- and this is where you get to see that he looks like um, two, uh, two face from, from Batman. Like his, yeah. his truly has no eye. Like you can see inside his cheek and stuff. And so I'm sure that was very purposefully done to set them on the, those sides and make it like the rotting side is the high towers. And you know, his, his mm-hmm. pure side is the Targaryens. But I want to say two other things that are a little bit less serious um, because I just think that I was laughing out loud at the part where, okay, so Aegon's messing with Jace and he goes a little bit too far and it causes Jace to freak out and he like slams his his hands on the table and stands up. And then instantly on the other side, unrelated, Aemon, Aemon just stands up too. Doesn't say any words. He just stares at him the whole time. And he gives the speech and nobody even comments on the fact that Aemon's just st- standing up on the other side of the table, just like staring. I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, Allison and Otto like fight. look at him and then they look away. <laughs> <laughs> he runs shit, dude. He totally runs shit on their side. Yeah, the whole point of, I feel like his episode he doesn't say a ton. Obviously, he has the the toast towards the end of the scene, but it's just like the idea of him. This episode is that he's just a rider. Like yes. he wants to smoke. He is ready to fight. Like he do will, something, bro. Do yeah, something. he will defend his <laughs> like a hundred percent. Soon as um, they brought then, the pig yeah, out, I knew. I was like, "That's actually really funny." And then Lou couldn't help but just giggle behind. Like, what do you want to get absolutely smushed like a bug? Don't laugh at him. Like Eamon a- just like a toe, one more tribute. Like as soon as yeah, he, he was laugh, pissed. Scary. So the last thing that happens before Viserys leaves that I think we have to bring up is just like we said, Helena's speech. But right before she gives the speech, she has another one of her little statements that she says, "Beware the beast beneath the boards." Fuck's that mean? Like, are you kidding yeah, me? Is that yeah, like they're they're dragons? Like under like. I, that one to me, even though at this point it's kind of obvious that they're basically premonitions. Like, what are we supposed to take away from that, Kathleen? Because I got Bees nothing. beneath the boards. What do you think? Let's break it down. Beast could be anything. Boards. Boards is what we have to focus on. Boards like boards. ships, like Valerian ships. Boards like beasts beneath the boards could be like a sea monster. But I feel like that seems far fetched. I don't know. I was thinking all different kinds of things, could- but I. I, don't know. I, I tried. I, I totally tried to come up with something entertaining here, but I couldn't think of anything. It was just so obviously placed right there for the audience. Well, here's the and, thing. When does she say it? Like, who's right talking? Speech. Yeah, but is there anyone else speaking or did anyone else just speak? Um, I, It's pretty much right after Jace gives his toast to the uncles. Mm. To I don't know. Uh, Aegon and, and Aemond. I can't. I got nothing. I mean, it's totally on purpose that the first one was not in the moment obvious, but it was very easy to catch it afterwards when we find out that Damon loses his eye. The second one is, again, fairly obvious and just kind of general in that the blacks and the greens kind of stuff. And this one, so now they know everyone has their eyes and ears yes. open for her. Yeah, and then yeah, this yeah. one is purposely so much more vague. Well said. That's exactly what it is. And it's it's very smart. Yeah. I mean, you're frustrated because they want you to be frustrated. <laughs> yeah. One and what it funny- is, what I think it is, is it's insane. Good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. 
I was just going to say one last funny thing is when Allison does the prayer in the beginning and says like basically R.I.P. Damon. Damon's face so funny. He's just like <laughs> he laughs, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he rolls his like, eyes. He's such a Matt Smith crushes it as Damon. I just want to get so this good. He's so right. unbelievably good. But let's take it back to post because I know Kathleen was bringing up at least one of the things there with uh, with Eamon's speech. Okay, the pig comes out and then it causes the the Luke to laugh and then Eamon freaks out and you were sitting right next to me Kyle I saw that from a mile away when he's like to the oh. three kids and he's like yeah. he's like wise tall and strong whatever it was and he just like harps on that it was handsome wise gap and strong what that turns into how it like escalates to uh I think it's it's Jace punches Eamon first and the funniest thing to me is instantly, without any other conversation, Agen stands up, grabs Luke, and just fucking slams his face into the table. Like he's kind of a rider too, even though he's not for his mom. But like he sees his brother fighting one of Rainier's, Rainier's kids, he just jumps right in, which was pretty yeah. cool. But then that turns into the most epic stare down of all time between Eamon and Damon, just not saying any words, and just after like three seconds, like Eamon just kind of looks away and just walks. It was just, I, I loved watching it the second time. It was just awesome. Yeah. I think they were definitely both enjoying what was happening right there. Not the mm-hmm. fact that obviously Damon doesn't want to see them like fight the kids, but just like Damon getting a kick out of Eamon himself. Yes. They are going to, their relationship, whatever it's going to be, they have to be like when one of them dies, it has to be from one of the other ones or else sell the whole show. I don't want it. <laughs> Wait, you're saying, Aemond and who? And Damon and Damon got a fight. Like if that doesn't happen, like I don't how Aemond is is exactly how I had in my head Damon was pre ten year time skip. Yeah, like that's kind of how he was. He wasn't clearly as extreme because he did have a little. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like as extreme as Aemond building up to be. But it's basically like they're two of the same kind of people. But Aemond hasn't matured yet, and he actually is going to devolve into someone even more evil. Is where he looks like he's going and that just leads to the perfect confrontation between those two being like a final fight. Damon's funnier. That's the difference. Yeah. No, Damon <laughs> Damon's, yeah, yeah. Damon can help but get the last word and crack yes. jokes and be an asshole whereas Damon chooses his words very carefully mm-hmm. and is all you're right very intense. He's, he's yeah, very intense. Damon is all go like 100% of the time while Damon actually can like enjoy himself. Yeah. yeah. Like the expense of other people while well, everything to Damon is like a fight. Yes. Yeah. While Damon's yeah. perfectly fine, just like talking shit and calling you a cunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a victory to him either way. So, and also, I, Eamon just completely eats that punch. He gets punched, literally smiles, and then just pushes him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, clearly, our guy has been uh, putting that work in. Yep. I do want to go back to the Allison Rainier conversation. We touched on it a little bit. This felt so out of left field that she's like, please come back. Like she was immediately like, we're at we're we're 14 at the Godswood again. I'm obsessed with you type deal. Like, please come back. I miss you. Like, did you guys what did you guys think of that scene? Because I I mean, I love it. Of course, I love it. I was like, kiss. kiss, Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. I literally said it when we were watching. I was like, are they going to kiss? Yeah, like (laughs) I was like, fuck, yeah, the whole time. But I was also like, this came out of nowhere a little bit. I think it just comes from the fact that she took her words as super genuine and like she doesn't think that Rainier has it out for her. And and it, if Allison already conceded the fact that she's going to call her queen and commit to that, then everything's all good. I feel like in Allison's mind, but 
I don't know. We're going to see how that their next conversation plays out. If she, because now she might just be all in on Viserys's dream, talking about the wrong Aegon to her, that she might just retract all this and be evil and viperous again towards Rhaenyra. Yeah, I mean, we can literally jump to that. We already mentioned that the servant, I believe her name is Talia, uh, meets up with Missaria to let her know. Well, she's going to let her know everything that's happening in the Red Keep. Uh, I'm just curious. Let's talk about that for one second, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what like what her game is like what the fuck is what is she even doing because i thought originally she was in otto's pocket sure it's money she's probably in both her pockets but if she was in otto's pocket otto probably already knows about this like this isn't like information she can give to to otto oh you're saying missaria yeah sorry missaria missaria okay yeah almost feels like it was yeah it almost felt like i was another almost a way to also confirm that she was not working with otto again Right. And that's the surprising part, because I thought that's what we decided she was doing. But I, I don't know, like, who she is. She going to go? I mean, that was 16 years ago. To Damon. That's true. But does that mean like I, I can't imagine she's pro Damon because Damon kind of just ditched her and, and is, doesn't care about her anymore. But that yeah, information but, would benefit Damon and Rhaenyra a lot. Yeah, for sure. So She has a lot to gain by just having that information. The usefulness yeah. of that information is like pretty crazy so i think that's just kind of where it's at she's almost just like a middle i almost said a middle finger a middle figure uh yeah that just kind of will just go where the wind takes her wherever the money is where do you think her she's gonna ally kathleen i don't know i i was on the side that i mean not that kyle said but that it's six been 16 years at first i was like oh she works for auto but then i'm like 16 years she's got her own gig now she opened her own business she did her apprenticeship now she's got her own little birds yeah so i'm not sure she she could just kind of be like an opportunist like wherever wherever pays the most you know an opportunist is laris yeah that could be a thing yeah no laris strong this episode no but he's got long hair in the next one grow it out a little bit yeah, but I just I think opportunist is a much better way to describe her than a middle finger. I think that's okay. that's getting at it. And was she someone in the books? I forget if we if you yeah. said that or not. Oh, okay, yeah. she is. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, she plays a big part in the books. I guess that's a little bit, maybe a little bit of a spoiler. But I also, I I'll, this is actually was what I had meant. I was going to, to say about the the supper scene of that Eamon's toast is like that's pulled straight out of the books. Like that is a hundred percent like a book thing. People, I was looking forward to that. I. Was like when I want Viserys was like, let's have the supper, and I was like, oh, let's have the supper. The the picture of Eamon holding the cup out, people. I saw this before the episode even dropped. When that was like the promo picture. People were saying the the book readers are ready for that scene. So I guess that's exactly what it was, and yeah. it kind of lived up to what it was built out to be. Yeah, and uh, and Jace and Helena dancing is was like that's also from the book. The book doesn't talk about a ton of things that happened at this little dinner thing, but that's literally like the two things that Prince Eamon made a toast to his strong nephews and Jace danced with Helena. It was so Aegon, goofy and cute. Like, Aegon, like so childlike. Like, yeah. Aegon <laughs> did not like that. Even yeah. though Aegon literally had just told Jace's betrothed that he would fuck her right. And then yeah. Jace goes and dances with Helena and Aegon's pissed. Mm-hmm. Lena's kids ride for Jace and Luke already. I love them. They're like, babe, babe, babe. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. Well, they're stepbrother and sisters now, also cousins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. everything. <laughs> they're everything. And, and that's now just like Viserys. And now they're. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, Viserys. Like, I'm your brother. I'm your uncle. I'm your dad. I'm your grandsire all at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love it, though. You got to love it. I do. 
All right, so now we can dive into that last scene, Allison and Viserys. It's just tough, man. It's Viserys is obviously off his gourd, and he believes that he's talking to Rhaenyra here, talking to Allison, and of course, it's like the perfect words get through out of his mouth that could make Allison think that he's talking about Aegon, their son, not Aegon the Conqueror, like he actually is talking about, and it leads to the misunderstanding of a lifetime, which will probably lead to a lot of people's lives ending, in that mm-hmm. Allison believes that Viserys is basically saying that Aegon should be the heir, because he is the prince that was promised. So I don't mad. think I have a lot to add here, to be honest. It's just... Bad. It's it's Yeah, I mean, it's like the prince that was promised, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I know you don't like that when they say that, but I, I meant more shit. like the, uh, like it's going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, like you said a couple episodes ago with the the whole Sir Kristen Cole hate episode, the lack of communication in Westeros is going to murder people. Like, I can't imagine how Allison doesn't have this motive, and somehow it gets brought up how Aegon needs to be the true heir, and Rhaenyra can't just like kind of explain what's going on. She has, she can use the dad's dagger burn it and show the prophecy to her and be like yo come on like he didn't mean your fucking dumb rapist son he meant the og Aegon. like that's uh, i don't know i feel like that should be something that gets talked out but it just won't because of the you know the communication oh yeah no shot they do so, give us a dagger shot though so mm-hmm. kyle this is where it, the conversation kind of comes back can allison just straight up be like on his deathbed seconds before crow gang he told me this. Like, what if oh, yeah. she could have just said that? And it, he would like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, why not? <sighs> she's totally going to say that. Yeah. I mean, that's totally where it's going to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She literally says, I understand. No, no, I know. But I just feel like that's not a legitimate claim. Like he again, it comes back to how do you declare it? How, someone could just lie, smother him with a pillow and then be bounce. Yeah. That's the name of the There's game. No, I mean, that's what's going to cause the war. <laughs> yeah. I mean, history is written by the victors. Doesn't matter. I was so as mad. As, as long as you win, then you get to tell the truth. Shout out to my boy. Let's, let's, get, our, Do- let's get our hot takes in here and our MVPs, LVPs, because I'm curious to see what you guys said, because there's so much to pick from for all of this, especially Luke, the hot take. I'm curious. When you said that you said that Otto was going to kill Viserys, right? That was one of your hot takes, like episode two or, or episode one yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. OK, I thought maybe it was someone else. But I'm. So, I really thought that was going to happen for you. I thought you really. That I'm was a really good. Happy call. I was wrong. Yeah. Because I I didn't want that. Once we hit like episode three, and I started liking Otto a lot more as like just like an advisor. I'm happy it didn't turn out. But yeah, I mean, I if anything, he was extending his life. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, but I I can go first for a hot take here. Um, because mine's really not that big of a deal, and it might. I don't know if it's even hot. We'll see. But um, what I was going to say is that. Like I finally could put to words of what I'm feeling about this whole team green versus team black thing where it's weird because I think like I'm I'm definitely rooting for team black. That's just sign sealed delivered. Like, come on, we're going for Damon and Rainier. Like they're the, the main characters. We're rooting for them. But I think I like team green better. And I don't know if that's like a hot take or not. I think I I prefer I love the characters on team green more than I love the characters on team black, but I'm still rooting for team black just for like how the plot is is rolling out is that is that dumb there are a couple names out there who do you like real like who well, like who obviously from green talking with dave a little bit earlier you know podcaster dave he's he, the only person i think that 
says he's team green and he still says he doesn't like Allison. And I like Allison a lot. And I don't know if that's just us three, because all three of us seem to really like Allison as a character. And I don't know what the general consensus is, but I like her. And it seems like people probably hate her, especially because of the attempt to kill Rhaenyra last episode. I freaking Eamon is turning out to be one of my favorite characters. Like he is just the best. And then I'm, I really like Helena now. Like she seems really fun. And then, you know, me, I'm, I'm team auto too. So it's like, I love all of these team green players, but at the same time, and even Laris, cause Laris is definitely team green as yeah. far as we know. And just like all these characters are besides Sir Kristen Cole, who kind of sucks. Like they're all good, but then I'm, I'm rooting for team black. So I don't know. I can't really, I don't know if that's like something I can do. I can root for I root for team black, but like team green better. I don't think that's crazy. I mean, it sounds wild when you say it out loud, but I do think that the greens have more like overall interesting characters, but I feel like they almost have to, to try to compete with the fact that Rhaenyra and Damon are the main characters. Okay. You know, like they need some type of boost to their side and it comes in the form of, they're all very interesting. I mean, Aegon, even like you said, he's one dimensional, but there is like a little bit of like emotional trauma involved with him and things like that. I think they all have almost more like developed and like richer characters versus mm-hmm. like Luke and Jace. I mean, Jace seems like a good boy. Luke seems like a good <laughs> boy, but that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they're like kind of dutiful sons. They, they, they're fairly milk toast. You know, yeah, in their way, the Lena's daughters, Lena and Damon's daughters are cool to us, kind of. But at the same time, we don't really know anything about them. We haven't yeah, so really seen them do anything. Yeah. OK, you're kind of making me feel better about my opinion, because it is it's also kind of similar to Jon Snow. Like Jon Snow's not my favorite character, but I'm always rooting for him throughout Game of Thrones. Like regardless yeah. of what's going on, like I'm pushing for his side, even though. I loved like Arya and I loved Littlefinger as just like a presence. Like, I guess that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Cause like, oh, yeah. I don't want Eamon to win and kill Damon. Like that sounds awful, even though I love Eamon. So that's kind yeah. of how I'm like a little conflicted yeah. about they're it. They're totally, they're way more interesting characters. Lara Strong has done so many more like wild things to advance the show than what Jace, Luke, Bela, mm-hmm. Reyna, all of them combined. Yeah, I mean, the right. blacks have, Damon, Rhaenyra, Corliss, who is a little bit, he's on the IR at the moment, and Rainey's, and that's kind of where we're at. And Lord Caswell. Yeah, Lord Caswell, right. And like, do not forget Lord Caswell. All that's right, a good one, give Luke. me a hot take. Um, my hot take is that I can't believe anyone would ever fight for this throne. Like, let me be just super high born and fucking around. Like, I would be. I don't I'm not going to say Aegon because fuck that guy. But like I would be Helena just happy to be there, not fighting for Mm -hmm. a throne. I I mean, of course, she's technically marrying Aegon who then should be a consort if he becomes whatever. Give me the easy thing. Give me all the privilege in the world with no Mm -hmm. responsibility, baby. If I'm Rhaenyra, I might be like, just give it to Daemon. Back in the day, <laughs> like just give yeah. it to him. if he really wants it, just fucking give it to him. Yeah, whatever. And that's I think that's why they added in the whole Aegon's dream thing. OK, that makes sense. Because totally. to her now, it's bigger than just her. Yeah, I think that's true. even in this episode, she whispers to Viserys like, I'm not even sure I want it anymore. Yeah. Type deal. So but yeah. she feels like she has to now because he told her the dream and the story and she, you know, she has a duty to do. Yeah. My hot take will be Kathleen said it earlier. Nothing Veyman said was wrong. Yeah. He was totally well within his rights to act the way he did. Uh, I mean, her kids are totally bastards. 
yeah, the whore line might have been too far. It probably was too far. But, I mean, he was so dead on with, like, yo, we fucking survived the doom of Valyria. Only two families did that, and I'm about to get done in by a couple bastards. That <laughs> ain't gonna fly. And, like, I could totally see where he's coming from. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Oh, you know what? And I'll add on to my hot take in that they should have done it the way the book did it, because in the book, Damon does kill him, but then Rhaenyra feeds him to Cyrax. Whoa. That's awesome. Which would have been sick, yeah. That is sick. Yeah. But we probably didn't have the budget for that. All right, tops and bottoms. Oh. Top? I'm so tempted to say Viserys just one more time. Yeah. But I don't think mm-hmm. I can do that because of just how fucked up he was. So I will say my top's going to be Damon. Because <sighs> Yeah, Damon just had a fantastic episode. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, obviously the death is very flashy. It wasn't maybe as involved as he's been in other episodes, but just everything that he did felt like it was the right move and the right thing to say. And my bottom will be Aegon. Damn it. Because <laughs> we right. don't fuck How can with you Rakers. not say Aegon? Yeah. I know. So I'm going to go with Viserys because I was between Damon and Viserys. Damon just crushed it for me this episode. And my bottom, because Aegon is taken, I'm going to say Sir Kristen Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. For a third episode running. <laughs> Boo. Good answer. Good, good man answer. Can't catch a Family break. Feud. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, actually, Aegon, fuck okay. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, my MVP, just because I'm a biased little bitch over here, I'm going to say Aemon. He's just, he's the guy. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in honestly. Uh, and then my LVP is going to be Aegon, but for an additional reason is that he's just a bad husband to Helena because she's great. Like, what the fuck? You're not going to make her happy? Yeah, he's a bit of a smack, ain't he? All right. So <laughs> I guess I will I will end the coverage before we get into our our marching orders from James about our outro. Um, just- but we also need to say where this ranks, like if it's your favorite, second, oh. or not. Oh, it's it's up just there. Like- it was great. It's yeah, I, th- I, th- I think seven's one A and this is one B. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, too. I think seven is slightly better, but this is right there. Yeah, yeah. I think nine is going to be one. I think one. nine is definitely going to be better <laughs> than these. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, I am like, I, I bought in a little bit to the hype to this episode, but I'm buying in fully to the hype for nine. Wait, mm-hmm. are you guys going to watch the Eagles game instead of House of the Dragon? Yeah, probably. Probably. So we're not watching live together probably not Fuck. Okay. <laughs> all right so my parting words will be just reading the quote of viserys's death from house of the dragon of then viserys of house targaryen closed his eyes and went to sleep he never woke he was 52 and had reigned over most of westeros for 26 years then the storm broke and the dragons danced Damn. So, that's where we're at that's where that's the that's the book the chapter ends on that, and that is where we exactly are at this point in the story of the TV show. So, where in the book is that? Like, if you give me like one of these, if the book is this thick, how, you how want far me to, to give you the little dicky measurement? Um, yeah. <laughs> like a fuck, percentage. Oh, yeah. percentage wise, it might be like 57%. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I made that up. Um, I'm happy that you said that though, because I did want to bring up that he was like 50, <laughs> like he was so young. I mean, Damon is like barely aged in this 20 years we've seen, like just a little yeah. bit, obviously. Rainice barely everyone. He's just in the books, Damon and 
Rhaenyra get married, and Damon's thirty nine, and she's like twenty three or twenty two, I think. But the ages are so different in the show, so it's tough. Yeah. All right, so that is all she wrote for us. Episode eight, House of the Dragon, the Lord of the Tides, who was confirmed to be Lucerus Valerian. Um, if you like what you heard and you're not subscribed on whatever, I always mess up this word. It's not system. It's not whatever, whatever the hell you're listening on or watching on. If you would please subscribe, we would love that. We'd very appreciate it. Um, we are doing a ton of podcasting right now. Vampire Academy, Rick and Morty season has been fantastic. Uh, the new Mike Flanagan show, the midnight club. We're also covering that television show and probably more to come. I mean, geez, there's just so much television coming out right now and planned for the rest of the year. Uh, follow us on our socials. If you want to keep up to date with us at Bingetown TV on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Patreon. If you're feeling super, super, super generous, patreon.com slash Bingetown TV. We would appreciate any and all donations you would like to make. And yeah, that's all I got. Love you. Love you too. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.